0: is away from the First- Celtic
1: Welcome to Above the Horizontal, a podcast about rugby league. I'm your host, Bo Nicholson. Our show is hosted and produced by a bunch of ex riders for real sports back when they actually covered real sports. Much like them, we are by the fans and for the fans. And we like to have some fun while we try to delve into a bit of analysis as well. Before the season starts in 2023, we've assembled a craft team to run our eye over each squad and predict how their season will go for them. And joining me to talk about the Seagulls, who are going through a bit of change particularly when it comes to their coaching ranks i have two guests tonight one of them is daniel friend friendy how are you i'm well thanks bo yeah anthony seabold back in the hot seat let's see how he goes yes uh some people very very strong opinions about him uh it would be good to get kieran gibson on here because he's one of the seabold defenders but he's not here tonight instead we have chris Waring. chris how are you feeling going into this episode about the seagulls
2: Yeah, hey, good mate um Mind if he's able to only because he draws the ire of all the Broncos'
1: old boys, so, <laughs> uh, yeah,
2: just keen to talk about.
1: It. Uh, the enemy of my enemy is my friend. Is that, is that the saying? <laughs> yeah, pretty much. <laughs> Very good. As the other preseason episodes, we'll be talking about the Seagulls for about 15 or 20 minutes, going through their recruitment, their coach, their, their forward pack, spine, backline, some of the key questions, and then making some predictions about the season. But let's start off with recruitment. They have not been super busy in the market, the Sea Eagles. The, maybe the highest profile signing would be Kelma Tualungi from the Tigers. He's not a bad back rower. Ben Condon, also a back rower from the Cowboys. Cooper Johns and Nathaniel Roach have all joined the club. While in the losses category, they've lost Kieran Foran. They've lost Dylan Walker. Martin Tapau has just signed for the Broncos. And Andrew Davey. Uh, among a couple of other players there too. So, friendy, do you rate the Seagulls recruitment this
0: season? Not particularly, Um, and it's because they spend so much money on the two Trubovic boys and Daily Chair Evans, so it's hard each year to actually make a splash in the marketplace when you're trying to, or you're already paying those guys a massive chunk, and then upgrade the guys, say like too, and, and guys like that might be looking for a bit more cash. You want to hang on to them. So they've actually lost a fair bit of depth. So no, I don't rate it. No, it's crap. <laughs>
1: it's
2: awful. Well, it's not awful, but it's crap. Lange, he's your biggest signing. I think you
1: haven't really done a good job. I tend to agree. I, I'm, I'm actually pretty high on Ben Condon. I think he's pretty unlucky considering the the back row options that the Cowboys have, the way that Nanai just came out of the ground. Lukey's a great player. Like, they got some really good options there at the Cowboys. Uh, so he had to find somewhere else. But yeah, uh, honestly, not great for the Seagulls, which doesn't bode well for incoming coach Anthony Seabold, a very controversial figure in the game, as we've mentioned. He started off doing the apprenticeship, as a lot of assistant coaches do, and then he became the head coach of the Rabbitohs and immediately took them into the top four and one Dalian Coach of the Year. Everyone loved him. Went to the Broncos, super high-profile situation where ba- Bennett got the sack from the Broncos, and they basically did a coaching swap. And it did not go well at the Broncos. As Chris mentioned, the old boys were very stirred up. Chris, do you rate Anthony Seabold getting the gig at the Seagulls? Not overly. Look, I don't think it's
2: a train wreck, but uh, the whole situation with Dez Hasler is kind of curious to... Um, you know, that, that whole implosion that happened last season mm. I do not I d I don't I don't believe Anthony Seabold is a, a god awful coach, but um do I think he'll be ultimately be successful? I think it's kind of contingent on a few key players, but um yeah, I, I'm not sure how to feel about it to be honest. I'm kinda fifty of fifty.
0: The king of PowerPoint presentations, Anthony Seabold. <laughs> <laughs> Mr Harvard himself. Yeah, he can. Uh, he can sell himself, can not he? Well, I yeah, like Chris, I, I don't think he's a god awful coach. I, I I think the guy can coach. I've heard him talk, and um, he's a bit of a salesman, as as I just sort of mentioned. But yeah, I do think he understands the game intimately, which is good. The thing I don't think he understands is maybe the bit of the boys' club at Manly that they have, and that's the trap he fell into at Brisbane, mm. where he got those guys offside. And all of a sudden, he's out the door and fuck, like Kevin Walters is coach. So, I mean, like, yeah, he's he must have – he must learn how to treat those guys and, and just to keep the noise out of Manly because that can be a really noisy club off the field um, with boardroom stuff. And somehow, buddy, Peter Peters, Zorba, he, he just is on every media outlet a couple of times a year um, and – yeah, Scott Penn and stuff. Oh, I don't know. He's got to control all that sort of stuff. And then he's got to coach as well. So I reckon he's got a tough ask. And yeah, I, I, I don't really know if I rate it yet or not. I, I bit on the fence. It's unlike not like all three of us to be
1: on the fence about this. I I kind of agree with you guys. I think the guy can coach. I think he's a smart person. He's a smart rugby league person. So it's just a matter of can it convert to on-field success? I'm not entirely sure, but he's not the worst option. I don't think that's the case at all. Let's talk about the forward pack. Friendy,
0: do you rate the Seagulls forward options? The starting pack, I, I, I do, but I'm going to have to go not rate because those guys can't all play 80 minutes like Jake can. So mm-hmm. at some stage, the bench and, and the depth is going to be tested and, yeah, I, there's not that much there. So I guess we'll see throughout the year, but for now, I'll go not rate. Chris, even with Oshay Ole in there... Friendy doesn't rate them. Do you
1: rate them, Chris? Yeah, West Tigers legend. Um, <laughs> yeah, I'm not. Yeah, no,
2: not really. Um, Ola Kawatu's the really big one. Um, yeah. Perseca, I think, is quietly underrated. Sipley's not too bad. Obviously, Jake, very good player. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it's okay. Um, I don't think it's massively impressive, but yeah, it's it, it's, it's a, a little bit, like Friend alluded to, it's kind of very starter heavy on talent. It'll be interesting to see if they get uh, one or two big injuries in there as they are um, kind of used to at that club, how they'll go. So, um, yeah, I'm not a massive fan of, of the forward back.
1: But... Yeah, me either. Depth issue for sure for me. Um, what about the spine? Now, we've mentioned that a lot of their money goes towards it, with particularly with DC and, and Tommy Tabroyovic, assuming that he plays fullback, which he probably will. Uh, they've got a new 5.8 in Josh Schuster and a makeshift dummy half in Lachlan Croker. Chris, do you rate their, heart, their spine? Uh, yes, because of Tom Jorobich.
2: Um He stays <laughs> fit, and that's kind of it's kind of what mainly is at this point. It's a bit of a running joke about, well, is Tom going to be fit or not? Is he going to do his hamstring again? But Daily, Terry, Daily, Daily Terry Evans, while well, I think he's overpaid, he's a good club player generally, mm-hmm. um, he is getting on a little bit. Yeah, the, the Lachlan Croker situation I find weird is just kind of I we don't have to look to kind of upgrade the nine over the years, but, and um, look, yeah, with Tom, Tom's, well, you know, he's a legend, he's a great player. David Cherivan's very good. Um, I'm worried I'm going to draw the iron friend here, but I, I do not rate Josh Schuster. Well, I don't, I don't predict he'll do well at six. So yeah, I'll, I'm going to go 50, 50 on their spine, but I'll say I'll rate it only because Tom Javrovich on his day, he's the best player in the game. So,
1: Friendly write of reply about Schuster and the spine.
0: Uh, no, I can see where Chris is coming from. Um, he certainly had a, a down year last year. Schuster uh, was not fit enough whatsoever. And yeah, but he just, he's got talent coming out the yin-yang. Josh Schuster, he's, <laughs> there's no question about that. Like he is supremely talented. And you saw that in the under 20s when he just absolutely shredded everyone. And it wasn't just with... Brute strength or anything—it was with finesse and guile. Um, I, th- I think he's a good player. Whether or not he can do that in the number six jersey at an NRL club remains to be seen. I guess we'll see this year. I think it's heavily reliant on their forward pack. So whether they're getting any front football and stuff, uh, yeah, I- I'm not. I'm not completely sold on either. Tom Freak, one of the best in the game. Um, yeah, he- he's if he's fit, there a chance. Uh, Daily Chair Evans, good player, uh, one of the only, the few influential halves in the game. And Lachlan mm-hmm. Croker, I, I've really warmed to Lachlan Croker. I reckon he's made a real fist of it. Reminds me a bit of when Peter Wallace went to dummy half. Mm-hmm. Um, I think he's really, really tough. He kicks at the right times. Um, he's lacking a bit of speed, but that's okay. Maybe there's a, a 14 that they can get to bring on for a little bit of spark. Um, if they need that. But I think he's really solid. So, yeah, I rate their spine.
1: I'm just thinking about that 14 option. You could throw in a guy like Carl Lawton, although they're probably turning him into a bit of a back rower. Mm. And you could also look at potentially K.O. Weeks, who has been training at fullback, apparently as a super live wire, also off contract at the end of this year. So, he might be getting a bit of a look on the on the bench as well, or maybe someone like Ben Travojevic. Uh, I do rate the spine, but again, it's it's completely contingent on, on Javoyevich's fitness. Uh, I'm kind of like you as well, friendy, in the sense that Kroker has surprised me in a good way, uh, and I like daily Cherry Evans. Schuster, I have my doubts. I, I certainly have my doubts there. Guys, back line. Let's talk about the back line. Ruben Garrick apparently is going to be moving into the centers, or at least is trying to. But they do have some <laughs> decent options in the centers with guys like... Uh, Kula, who I thought, like, he's just lightning speed. Uh, and also, Brad Parker's a pretty good defensive center, I, I find. Morgan Harper's played a fair bit there as well. Um, Jason Saab on the wing, they've got a couple of options there too. Friendy, do you rate their back line?
0: Yeah, I, I like their backline. line. Um, there's someone else we're missing too, I, I think. To a, to a Piloto? To a Piloto, that's it. Yeah, so he might squeeze in there somewhere too. They might go with him and Saab on the wings and Kula and Garrick in the centres, possibly. Mm-hmm. If I was Garrick, I'd want to be staying on the wing, to be honest. If Tom's on, you just clean up with tries. He kicks all the goals. Defensively, you hardly have to make a read, whereas in the centres, it's the most important position, So, yeah, um, defensively. So, uh, yeah, if I was Garrick, I'd be staying on the wing, uh, but I guess that's up to him. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'll go with I rate their back line. I, I, I kind of like it. It's, it's exciting.
2: Yeah, uh, it's pretty good. Yeah, I'm not sure what is in Gary's head to think he's good enough to be a centre, especially considering the other options there. But um, alas, yeah, uh, look, uh, they're kind of a very tall back line, which I think is good. Jason Sard is solid winger, um, had a pretty good season last year. And yeah, uh, pretty much Echo sent it. Uh, Sorry, friendy sentiments. That's why
1: it's Sandy.
0: That. Isn't that what, that's what Owen told me, isn't it?
1: Yeah, the big E. The yeah. big E's yeah. anointed you, Sandy, and it's stuck ever since. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but, yeah, yeah, I think it's solid back. I think they've got some points in them for sure. I'm a bit curious about Garrick as well. Basically, it was like one of the selling points to keep him at Manly instead of going to play fullback at the Knights, which would have solved their problems that we talked about uh, a couple of episodes ago. Uh, and apparently he played center a lot as a junior coming through the ranks and basically playing first grade was the first time he played on the wing. I think that might have been the Dragons very briefly before the Seagulls, maybe it was in the lower grades, but yeah, he was a center all the way through. He, he wants to go back there, I guess, wants to go home. Um, and he doesn't mind being a backup fullback, obviously. He's done a pretty okay job with that too, but I'm not entirely sure I rate their back line, but there is some points in them for sure. Now, let's talk about some of the very specific questions about the Seagulls. Uh, Tom Tavoyevich, should he switch to centre to manage his body a little bit, leaving Ruben Garrett at fullback, Chris?
2: I would say he's probably another long-term injury away from saying yes. But in the meantime, uh, no. I think he's too destructive on his stay at fullback. You know, you U- 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 string uh, 15 games in a row with Tom Tavoyevich, you're definitely going to make the top eight. And, again, he's just so good back there and, and so destructive. But I understand the thought there and I understand why Manley, who are paying this guy a massive salary to play, you know, probably about on average, you know, maybe 12 games a season the last couple of years. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, I get the temptation, but if if I was, you know, controlling Manly, I, I'd still stick with him at fullback for now just because, I, you know, if he can just somehow get past these injury struggles, you you are. You, know, you have gold in your hand, so I am going to say no for now.
0: Absolutely not. And if he does want to move, go play six. Don't don't waste your time out in the centers. The centers don't get the ball. Play six and play like Greg Inglis did for the Melbourne in t- uh, two thousand and seven. Anyone Churchill. Churchill yeah. Just play as a running six, like he's Tom Turovich. For God's sake, it doesn't matter what number he wears. If they want him to run less and they want him to play in the front line instead of down the back, play six. Don't play centers. Waste of time. But for the moment, stay at the back.
1: I rate that, actually. I hadn't even thought of that, but that's a good option. Um, I also would stay at the back for now. Should Zach Fulton start the season in the top 18, Uh
0: I'll go with no, um, but I think at some... St- I reckon he'll probably play half a dozen to 10 games this year. Yeah, but to start the year, not just yet, no. Uh, yeah, we could probably find
2: a bench spot for him. Um it, it, he's kind of impressed
0: in the games he has
2: played. I, I guess it just... I'm very curious to see what they do with that the 13 now that uh, and 14 now that Dylan Walker is gone. But, um, yeah, I'd, I'd have him in there somewhere.
1: And we've already talked about Josh Schuster and that tr- transition to 5 and how we're a bit on the fence about that, but he has the skills. So I'll roll through... So the last two questions, a couple of predictions. Now, where are they going to finish? Now, I think this could be a bit contentious and a lot of it depends on Tom Tervojevic. But, Andy, what do you? where do you think they're going to finish?
0: I've got them 9th to 12th, uh, and it's just purely because I don't think Tommy's going to play the whole year.
1: Yeah, I'm, a, I'm a probably about the same. What about you, Chris?
0: Yeah, I'm the same. Um, I've lost faith that Tom Tervojevic
2: has a 20-game season in him. So I've gone the bottom half... Of the bottom end of 9 to 12.
1: I've gone actually bottom five, uh, but maybe like the top end of that because they have enough talent in them. But if Tommy's not there, like last year, I I just don't see it, uh, particularly with a a transitioning spine. So bottom five for me. I hope I'm wrong. I've always kind of liked the Seagulls, but bottom five for me. And last question, guys. Bold predictions. Any bold predictions for the Seagulls this season? Chris, you can start us off.
2: I don't think Josh Schuster will finish the season at six.
1: And Tom Travoyevich might be there by the sounds of it. That could be fun. Um, Okay, interesting. Schuster not to make it at six and maybe strengthen him in the forward pack. Friendy, what do you think is going to be happening this year?
0: Uh, I'll go Mr. Durable, Daily Cherry Evans, to have a decent layoff at some stage through injury. So let's say a month or longer, maybe even six weeks or something. He never gets injured, Daley Evans, And for some reason, I just have a feeling he will this year.
1: Wow. And that, that will really test them out because I can't see an obvious mm. halfback choice apart from Lachlan Croker Cooper uh, in Cooper Johns. Oh, God help him. <laughs> um, yeah. Well, wow. Hopefully it doesn't happen for the Seagulls. That would actually really help my prediction of bottom five. and uh, And my ball prediction, guys, is... Regarding Zach Fulton, I think he's a bit of a gun. I think he will get a start pretty early on in the season, and I think he's going to play 15 games of NRL this year. That's, that feels pretty bold, um, but I, I reckon he might. So, and I hope he does because he seems a bit, a bit of a goer, especially squaring up against JWH last year. Uh, boys, thank you very, very much for your time. I know, friendy, you've got a jet to a to a, a prior e- engagement, so uh, good luck there tonight, mate. Thank you. And Chris, thank you very much for joining us. No worries, mate. And thank you to everybody else for joining us. We hope you enjoyed the show. If you did, please subscribe, tune in, like, comment, rate, all the stuff you can do on your podcast app. And make sure you tune in on the next episode, which will be a pre-season preview of the St. George Illawarra Dragons who came 10th last year. Until then. Above the Horizontal is a rugby league podcast by the fans and for the fans. It's produced by our entire team of former writers for real sport, including Daniel Friend, Christopher Waring, Miles Stevan, Kieran Gibson, and me, Bo Nicholson. We'd love it if you could support us by telling a rugby league fan about us so they can go above the horizontal as well. Thanks for listening. See you next time. You know what's tricky sometimes? Picking who is going to win at the Oscars. You have to get yourself to a cinema to see all the movies, or at least have all the possible streaming services to make sure you don't miss a single one. You have to pay attention to all the precursor award shows to see who's winning so far. The Golden Globes, the BAFTAs, they're the pretty obvious ones, but don't forget the Critics' Choice Awards, or the SAGs, or the DGAs, or the PGAs, or the Eddie's, or the Gotham's, or the AFI Top 10, or the National Board of Review. Ugh. exhausting right? Or, you could just join me for Academy Watch on the We Made This Podcast Network. I'm the host, Bo Nicholson, and I've been reading the trends, keeping stats, and seeing as many movies as humanly possible, and I can tell you who the big players will be on the big night. Me and a different guest each week will also be dissecting one of the key movies each season, including giving out personal awards and diving into them thematically. Will everything everywhere all at once remain the front runner and win best picture? Or will a film seize the momentum late in the season to storm home like Cody did last year? Time will tell. But what I do know is that as it happens, you'll hear it on
0: Academy Watch wherever you get your podcasts.